What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a new champion. But I'm better than you, and you know it. D-M-D. Acknowledge me. I'm hurt, and I'm old, and I'm tired, and I work with children. Well, ding-dong, hello. Embrace the vision, and we want the smoke. Lately, he just hasn't been very oozy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the debut episode of Wednesday Worldwide. Worldwide? A proud member of the faction known as the Ringer Wrestling Show. My name is Ben Cruz, and I'm a producer here at the Ringer. And I am here with my tag team partners. Senior editor at TheRinger.com, Cal Davenport. And of course, the Super producer here at The Ringer, Mr. Brian H. Waters. Gentlemen, we are here. They really gave us a podcast on up. The Ringer. <laughs> somebody, I'm sorry. Bill, I'm you, sorry. Somebody messed up now. Somebody <laughs> messed up now. We are on, we're on the main roster, you guys. No, no more dark matches. It's, it's, it's go time. How are we feeling? How are we feeling? We, we we were kicking ass on them dark matches. I'll tell you that much. So I, I think we are we are ready. We I I I'm confident that we're uh, we're going to be a good addition, a great addition to the already illustrious brand of Ringer Wrestling here on Spotify. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, we've been here. We've been on Dave's show, so I'm at, ready to you know do our thing every Wednesday. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. It's it's time to bring those five star dark matches. To the main roster. So, but but before we get into the actual show, uh, you know, since we are technically the new faces here on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed, uh, I figured it was only, you know, polite that we introduce ourselves to the fantastic listeners out there. Uh, as Brian said, you know, we've we've dabbled here and there on Dave's show, but I figured the best way to do some sort of introduction was for each of us to quickly answer the following prompt. So here we okay. go. What is your wrestling fan origin story? And who is your favorite wrestler of all time? And for clarity's sake, by wrestling fan origin story, I mean, how did you become a wrestling fan? Because this is this is a whole other world that we <laughs> dabble in. And it takes a certain type of person, you know, to, to really go all in on it. So, Brian, 
you're the longest tenured member of the Ring of Wrestling show uh, and and of Wednesday Worldwide. So I'm, I'm I'm going to throw it to you first. Hit us with your quick wrestling fan origin story and who was your favorite wrestler of all time? So to say this quickly, in 1986, prior to August when I was born, my mother okay. was on bed rest. <laughs> and right? she said while she was watching wrestling, because my dad and my granddad and my uncle would leave the TV on and everybody didn't have, you know, a little gimmick called a remote. <laughs> she said she got hooked. And every time wrestling came on and they would say, welcome to the World Wrestling Federation, I started kicking. <laughs> and it was that moment oh. she knew I was going to be a boy. <laughs> and so Whoa. fast forward after I'm born, fun fact, shout out to my uncle Troy. He mm. wanted to name me Junkyard Dog. Stop it. My mother it. said no. Exactly. <laughs> Stop it. Yes. Pal, he wanted to name me Junkyard Dog. He's... Junkyard Dog H. Waters? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> now, That's mind not... you, the H would stay. He's 10 and a half years older than me. Right. And 16 years younger than my mother. So he was old enough to kind of understand that couldn't be my name. Yes. I but nonetheless, uh, he was the one that was always giving me the tapes. Shout out to my late Uncle Mike. He was another one always watching wrestling with him, and then my parents just financing all the wrestling pay-per-views. So that is my origin story. My grandfather, grandmother, same thing, pay-per-views, wrestling video games. So I've been a fan literally since birth. So I'm born to do this. Facts. And who's your favorite wrestler? Hit us with that. Favorite wrestler of all time is Daniel Bryan. And I know people say Bryan Danielson, but Daniel Bryan became my favorite wrestler. He surpassed Paul Kogan, Bret Hart, because it was always 1A sure. and 1B. He surpassed yeah. them in 2013 as we was on path to WrestleMania 30 because I felt like I connected with him. And then reading his book made me connect even more. There you go. From a fetus mark to the, <laughs> the biggest Daniel Bryan fan in the world. I, I love it. I love it. Cal, Mr. Davenport, what, what is your TLDR wrestling fan origin story and who is your favorite wrestler of all time? Oh man, I, uh, I I think my earliest memory of uh, pro wrestling was having, uh, I must have been two years old. There was the, the Hulk Hogan rock and wrestling. I mean, whenever that was on Saturday or Saturday mornings on CBS, I had right. like the little slippers, like the slip on. I just, I remember looking at the floor and seeing pro wrestlers on my feet. That's one of the earliest pro wrestling memories I have. But uh, I think it wasn't until gosh, I might have been like eight, nine-ish, something like that. When I really, I, I went to my cousin's house and saw an episode of NWA on. And slowly it went from recognizing that television or that pro wrestling was on television all the time to really honestly buying WWF magazine, grabbing the, the pro wrestling illustrated and, and, and all the other after mags. My wall would have, you know, cut out to, you know, people doing wrestling moves, you know, Lex Luger having somebody in the torture rack or something like that, you know, grow, watching WWF, WCW, uh, World Class, Glow, anything, any type of wrestling that hit the timeline, or, or I should say hit the uh, hit the airwaves at that time. Um, and I think it's just grown. It's grown to, you know, again, being at a point where people will uh, be able to hear us talk about this pro wrestling nonsense on a weekly basis. My favorite pro wrestler of all time. Right now, I'm going to say Arn Anderson. 
I would love to say Brian Danielson. He's probably Brian Danielson is probably one of my favorites currently. Anytime, anytime he's on right. TV, I'm on my couch ready to see him destroy somebody. But uh, when I go back and think about who really excited me over the years, it, it goes back to those days with WCW and Arn Anderson. That's a deep cut. I like it. We got some. We got two real fans here. Oh, All right, man. <laughs> let's get it. I, um, as for me. You know, I'm I'm kind of embarrassed by this whenever someone asks me, and it's ironic because I'm asking this of myself, but uh, the, the first bit that really got me into wrestling, it, it wasn't even a match. It wasn't an episode of Raw or a pay-per-view. It was actually one of those segments that aired during one of the free shows right before the actual pay-per-view. So this was right before SummerSlam 96. Uh, Jared King Lawler, very first person I ever saw on a WWF screen at that time. <laughs> uh, chilling in the pool, being interviewed by Todd Pettengill. And then mid-interview, the camera zooms in to what appears to be human feces in the pool, uh, just to put it delicately. So basically, what they had done was they made it look like Lawler had taken a shit in the pool. Nice. Right? <laughs> Classic mid-90s juvenile humor. Uh, you think the bit would be over. No, they doubled down. So they call in T.L. Hopper, who had an incredible plumber gimmick going. They send him into the pool to check it out. Goes in, checks it out, picks it up with his bare hands, and takes a bite out of it. That's disgusting. Spoiler That's alert. Just... It, it actually wasn't human feces. It was a Baby Ruth chocolate bar. Uh, so... <laughs> For those of you keeping score at home, it was a dude eating what was potentially poop uh, out of a pool that made me a <laughs> lifetime wrestling fan. And uh, I'm, uh, you know, it's, it's somewhat embarrassing, but it's it's also it's a it's kind of endearing, I think, when uh you know it kind of humanizes me. I love the idea that Ben became a fan because of the free show that most people avoid before the pay per view. He was tapped in and was like, "Nah, mom, this see this." The man eating the yeah. doo-doo that I'm, I'm next week. I'm locked <laughs> in. I'm locked in. It worked. It, it worked. worked. It worked. I might be the only person it ever worked on. But again, look at the uh, the long run I've had <laughs> as a fan of professional wrestling. And uh, my, my favorite wrestler of all time, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Uh-uh. The, the theme music is forever stuck in my head. Uh, incredible just to watch in the ring growing up and and. Even kind of tore his uh, the back end of his career after he came back, um, and you know, always, always and forever, he's not your boy toy. He's just a sexy boy. I so, got two questions for you. Okay, one: Have you ever did wrestling karaoke and drank and sung Shawn Michaels theme music? Good question. And two: Which Shawn Michaels is your favorite? Pre Shawn Michaels, oh ninety eight or post two thousand two? Good question. Uh, I've never done wrestling karaoke. If that's a real thing, that sounds yeah. amazing. And Shasta send Dr. me D. the that's a real yeah. thing. Yeah, send me the link on where I need to go to do that. <laughs> I will travel wherever Blur wherever Con we need to go next year. Come <laughs> talk to, to uh, all right. DC. <laughs> all right, we're doing it. And in terms of my favorite HBK, it was DX. It was DX HBK. Like around there, um, when when he started, obviously. Brian, I know this hurts you a little bit. You know, the, the, he was part of the screw job, which is unfortunate. <laughs> but he was just kind of at the peak of his powers, in my opinion. There, I, I do love me some uh, Shawn Michaels with the the mom bob haircut uh, when he won the title. 
in the Elimination Chamber. So that, that is a special place in my heart. You know, as long what I mean? you don't like those <laughs> pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the pants might have been actually the worst part of it if we're keeping it real. Uh, 100%. All right. So now that you know all three of us a little bit more than you did when you first tapped in, let's talk some actual wrestling, Oof. you guys. So let's kick things off the right way with our first segment here. It's time for High Spot Headlines. So here's the deal. I'm going to read out some of the biggest headlines of the week. And whoever wants to tag in and let some thoughts fly, let it fly. So first up, Broken Matt Hardy is back. (laughs) I, I want to say this. I was never the biggest Hardy Boys fan. But when Broken Matt Hardy was a thing, I guess like, seven six seven years ago at this point i really liked that he was able because it was this was an impact he was able to do the half hour hour long uh uh, cinematic things and do it on his compound be as wild and freaky as he could be and uh, blow up when he went to wwe I wanted that for the people that love the Broken Matt Hardy gimmick, but I knew that wasn't going to happen because y'all went up too crazy when you saw Matt and Jeff. They thought that's what the fans wanted, so that's all they gave you. When he left and got signed to AEW, I thought he was going to finally be able to be Broken Matt Hardy. You see Darby Allen doing these vignettes. You know, there's They can spend a little bit of money if they really get behind something, um, and we didn't get that. There were like glimpses of it, but we never got a full broken Matt Hardy at all. So I'm for it. I don't know if it's too little, too late. And I really, because this was on being the elite, I hope right. if if this is a thing, we need to see it on Dynamite. We need to see it on Rampage. They need to build this bigger than what they've been doing with being the elite. Cause I also believe he's been on the dark shows as well, kind of building this, this storyline with Ethan page, but the, the two main shows would need to get broken Matt Hardy. If this is a real thing to uh, piggyback off what you just said, Cal. The thing I did like about it when he did return, they went there, but you know, like you said, I was there. That pop was crazy. But one yeah. of the things uh, I don't know if it's people see it on TV a lot. When you go back and watch it is as he's walking out, he's confused as to go into <laughs> Hardy Boys too extreme to do right. the delete because the fans right. were definitely they were calling in Orlando, it. yeah, yelling delete. Now this is the right time, I think. It's been a, enough time. I think what happened with him, he's he's one of the people that really suffered because of the pandemic. Because when he made his debut, the arena was empty, and yeah, that's somebody right. you want everybody in the arena for. So I'm very excited for it. We got to see him have a run. Him and his brother team up. We got some dream matches. We got to see him act in a different role. So I'm excited to see Matt Hardy being broken. Yeah, I mean, it's also good that he took a break from the character for a little yeah. bit because, and, and, you know, to Matt's credit, he has literally different versions of him, right? Uh, that he can he can call on at any time. And the fact that he hasn't overdone broken Matt Hardy yet is, is great. And, and it's a welcome sign because... Regular Matt Hardy, like, look, let's just put it this way. There's a reason Jeff was the star, right? Oh, Jeff wow. was Jeff. Damn, Jeff I was love Jeff. It. Talk, talk Jeff it, was, talk well, it. He didn't, he didn't need anything extra because people just gravitated towards him. Right. Matt just didn't have that same charisma just as Matt Hardy. It, great, great other, other than that. But broken Matt Hardy, 
it's so over the top. It's so professional wrestling. Love it. So I'm I'm glad it's back, and I'm glad that it's it's back in our lives, especially with fans. I mean, Brian, you made a great point there that when he first debuted, he didn't get that pop. You know what I mean? And uh, the return will absolutely get the pop this time around. Uh, next up on High Spot Headlines, L.A. Knight is unsure what a Mountain Dew pitch black match is. Welcome to the club, L.A. Knight. Same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Someone has to. It, it's sad. That match is coming up soon. And he doesn't know. We, I, I guess that's part of the point. But um, when, when are they going to let us know? That night? I, I guess. I mean, it's kind of tricky because there's not that many actual matches on, on the Rumble card, right? But Because they have to make room and time for both the women's Rumble and the men's. So this is going to be featured pretty heavily. And I guess that's why their their sales team sold it to Mountain Dew. But first of all, didn't know that Mountain Dew had a pitch black flavor. It's apparently <laughs> it's apparently a citrus flavor. But why, We're why? obligated to taste it as wrestling fans. Before anytime something oh. is presented by a pay-per-view, we're obligated to taste it. I still remember before WrestleMania 15, they had these new M&Ms. And I had <laughs> to have them. So I have to have this pitch black Mountain Dew. I've never... I, I've always commented. I remember there was one. I've, I've remembered some of the random things that have up sponsored pay-per-views, but I've never actually been like, yo, I need some Sunkiss or whatever, like the, <laughs> the Domino's Pizza or whatever it is. I've never I mean, gone out. Halloween Havoc 98 had a big old Snickers bar logo that makes in sense. the ring. All right, fine. But look, Snickers <laughs> is one thing. That is a staple of candy in our lives. Right. I I'm I'm a grown man now. I can't be drink out here drinking Mountain Dew. <laughs> you know, I, like, I have I not be, had Mountain Dew in years. Yeah, I haven't had Mountain Dew since I was in high school. Right. Like, <laughs> I, if I had a sip of it now, if I had a sip of this pitch black Mountain Dew, I might be in a coma for three we days. Might, I might, wow, we, we might need only, to, it's it's. Wait, I was going to say we might need to try them on the pod. Then we might need to pour. So I'm black out. Who drink Mountain Dew here? <laughs> I drink a diet one. You know. Couple times a week. You still it, drink Mountain Dew? <laughs> yeah, do, you drink, do, you, do you drink coffee, Brian Ace Waters? Drinking it right now. Oh, I thought I thought it was a substitute. Oh. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> it keeps me going. You know, when you like the podcast, you know, you gotta get that energy up. If if we ever see you pour some Mountain Dew in your coffee, we're kicking wait. you out. Oh no. We're no, kicking no. you out of this. <laughs> that's group. Too- that's, I, that's I too much. <laughs> I'm gonna have to try this Mountain Dew pitch. I, but again, I, I just like LA Knight. I, whenever these things happen, the immediate question is, what the hell is that? But and I think the other thing, Ben, you mentioned uh, the Rumbles. They also this past Raw, it felt like they were because Raw 30 is next Monday. Right. They've been doing yeah. a lot to 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 put. It's I, I don't know. WWE always runs into these uh, timing situations where. Oh, there! It's not as heavy as it used to be, especially coming off of the stretch between Survivor Series and the Rumble. But it's odd that we're getting this very important 30th anniversary of this television show a week before. It'll be. It, hopefully, it's a great go home show for the Rumble, but it may not be because they're going to be. Tatanka was in the news talking about I'm not going to be at Raw 30 this year. I don't know who right. they're going to be bringing out there. So it's it's divvying up the time and everything can be a lot, but uh. Yeah, I would assume that the Mountain Dew pitch black match is that a cinematic match? Are they going to have people in the crowd trying to figure out what, a, what what to do with the pitch black with the Mountain Dew? Do they have to drink Mountain Dew while they're watching the match in the arena? 
Everybody gonna be yeah. doing this. <laughs> they already do it yeah. yeah. there anyway. That makes sense. They said, yeah, everybody can just like the match. Yeah, I mean, L.A. Knight in his quote said, "I think it's something like a street fight, but maybe in the dark?" Question mark. So I, I don't know. Do you need a sip of the pitch black Mountain Dew to actually see what's happening? Does it give you <laughs> extra powers? <laughs> Does it alter your I, vision somehow? That's a big I, question, though. This is is this make or break for L.A. Knight? This is his first. WWE pay per view match. How does he? Yeah. How does he? How does he win this match? Right, but like, uh, you know, will if this match is a dud, will people be saying, "Oh, he shouldn't have had him in there"? Or even if he loses and he shines bright, we could be saying this could be the answer to a trivia question six years from now. <laughs> Oh, how, how many oh matches did you or how many moves did you see in the Mountain Dew pitch black <laughs> match between LA Knight and Bray Wyatt because yeah, I, I guess the uh, I don't, again I don't know if this is going to be cinematic it feels like this is going to end up being because this is we're talking about the first WWE debut for for LA Knight this is going to be the first match match we've seen from Bray since his, since his return right. right like there's a lot building yeah. on I mean, I shouldn't say there's a lot of building. This match could be very important depending on who wins, who loses, how it may, maybe putting it in the dark covers everything. So <laughs> I don't know. It, it better be good. I don't, at this point, I, I, I'm assuming ever since Triple H has taken over for uh, on the creative side, things have gotten better. This... I have questions about this, but I guess we'll just have to see. Also, next week, maybe we just do a uh, Mountain Dew Pitch Black taste test, and we'll see if uh, we'll see which one of us survives the recording. I'm with starting it. a pot but, off hot. I love it. I think Brian yeah, yeah. Waters is going to win. Brian, yeah, Brian's going to outlast <laughs> both of us, Cal. We're, we're, we're not going to make it. He's been building it up, man. What you? I, I can't battle the, that. The tolerant. That's right. Last one on on high spot headlines and a little bit of a tonal shift here because uh huge bummer uh, uh this headline and and the story came out uh, last night uh Jay Briscoe has passed away at the age of 38 uh he was, he was involved in, in a car accident and there's still more details that uh, have have yet to come about but obviously very very sad uh, a huge loss for the wrestling community and the wrestling world. I mean, him him and his brother had two of the best matches of the year last yeah. year, and and you know we're on a on a great trajectory. So it's it's a huge loss, and um, just really we wanted to pay our our respects to uh, to Jay Briscoe and and his family as well. I mean, Brian, I know you have like you know a lot of you know local ties and, and connections with the Briscoes. I don't know if you wanted to speak on you know any any of your memories with seeing them, you know, interacting with them, anything like that. Yeah, um, you just always felt comfortable. They were always fun. You, the narrative that I see a lot online from people who work with them, like as far as in ring, has been one of the most intimidating people, but also one of the nicest people. And that's the type of stuff that kind of make you smile. You see just their love for the business and their passion for the business. And that's the thing you want from your wrestling. And I've seen them wrestle in an arena full of 20 people. Well, I should say, let's be real, about 100 people. And I've seen them wrestle in front of people like three, 4,000 people. And they always brought the intensity and it was very cool to see Jay Briscoe get his singles run years ago with Adam Cole. And, you know, it's such a sad situation, and especially knowing, like, you know, when you read that he was with his family 
because you see, like, this business always quick to tear apart people who are away from their families. And it's good to celebrate those who are able to be with their families, the wrestlers who will make time to spend time with their families. So um, my thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I, and I think it's, it's kind of, they had no choice, right? One of the things when I, when I was going through remembering the Briscoes, a lot of people online are sharing, there's this playlist of 101, uh, just their promos, you know, them talking about who they're wrestling, who they want to wrestle, just, just getting to know them. And I think because they made sure that they were not skimping on the four letter words. They were not, uh, they were talking about what they were, how violent the match was going to be when you guys stepped in the ring with them. Uh, they were not ready for TV. They were, they were in the, in the, the same field as rest in peace, you know, people like new Jack, you know, the Briscoes were too hot for TV. Um, but they were able to excel. Again, we're talking about, PWI's number three tag team of 2022. We're talking about there were 13 time ROH tag team champs. They were some of the uh, inaugural inductees in the ROH Hall of Fame. Like they, they, they were those guys down there to, to, to have Seth Rollins be like, I don't know if there would be a Tyler Black if I right. didn't spend my time wrestling right. the Briscoes, you know, and to think about what that means, because there wouldn't be a Seth Rollins if there wasn't a Tyler Black. Like, you know, they really were, you know, for a lot of people, uh, very integral in helping them understand the business and, and becoming better uh, performers because of that. And uh, and again, knowing that they were so close to the family, you know, it, 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 I, I, I was watching the news earlier because it's, you know, it's Delaware is fairly close to Philly and that's one of the local stations near me. And they had, you know, a screen grab of the ROH tweet on there because it, it affects the the community so much. They wrestled in right. Philly for so long. Um, it's 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 a really tough loss for for the pro wrestling community. You know, anybody I I totally understand if somebody's feeling away um today, this week. Um go back. I wa I rewatched their their dog collar match with FTR from a ROH final battle before we were recording. And uh yeah, they they left it all in the ring. They they were they were really about this business. And if you if you're not up on them as performers, you may want to check out some of their uh their matches. They they were really absolutely they were really working out there. Absolutely. Uh and again just to echo um, what we said earlier, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to uh, to Jay Briscoe, you know, his family and, and especially uh, and, and as well as, uh, you know, his fans, uh, because I'm, I'm sure they're all and fans of the Briscoes are all hurting today. So um, rest in peace, uh, Jay Briscoe. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What? 
There it is. You heard the drop. It's time for a segment that we call They Said What? So the three of us have listened to The Masked Man Show and Cheap Heat, as I'm sure all of you fine listeners have as well, because, well, you're already subscribed to our wonderful feed here. But we get to do something I'm sure you all wish you could do from time to time. And that is, we're going to respond to a take dropped by the likes of the legendary David Shoemaker, Kaz, Peter Rosenberg, or Stat Guy Greg. And for the debut edition of They Said What, we're going with our guy, Peter Rosenberg. Brian, play the clip. The most compelling part of last night's segment was Rhea Ripley leaning up against the ropes. She is in getting into territory of like, you really start to believe she could be the second coming of China. A lot of, I've seen a lot of people predicting that in 2023, she's going to win a singles title. That's a traditionally male title. I see us, something like that. Uh, much like, like much it. like, like uh, China was the IC I like champion. I, I, like I could it. see it. All right. Uh, Rhea Ripley talk, and I, I'm I'm glad that we're going to talk about Rhea because, you know, I I think the 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 vignettes, <laughs> if you will, of her and Dominic invading the Mysterios holiday parties have have kind of taken over uh, in terms of what she is. But I I totally agree with Peter, man. Like she I, legitimately looks like she can kick a bunch of these dudes' asses. She is. Every and she is, she absolutely is. Every week, I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just ready for it. You know, I mean, and and just like Ch- China won the the Intercontinental title in '99, mm-hmm. right? One of these mid card titles would look great on Rhea's shoulder. I'm just, I mean, I'm just gonna I, throw that out there. I, I agree. I, I've been saying this. I, I think when when she immediately when it when it went from Edge was leading the judgment day to edge is gone. And they were kind of, I, I mm-hmm. guess Finn was the de facto leader, but Rhea right. was the one stepping up. Rhea was the one really enforcing and making sure that, you know, that she, she's the one doing the nut shots and, and, and all the dastardly stuff. And when she gets on that mic, you tell that you can tell that she means business. Um, her stepping up to solo this week was interesting. Um, I would like to see, I, I don't know. I, the WWE is not, they're teasing this a lot, but they've never really had like, aside from China, it's not like it's been a thing where women are vying for men's titles or regularly wrestling men on a consistent basis. So uh, maybe triple H is trying to you know, make some changes. Rhea is definitely the competitor that can do it. Uh, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see if that is actually what's going on and how long that could be going on for. I disagree with her winning the championship right now. Mm-hmm. And okay. only because there isn't as many mid-card titles. If the WWE Championship gets back to a point where it's on Raw every week, then I could see it. Mm. Or even the yeah. Universal title. But, yeah, they'd have to split the titles. You're right. Yeah, I just don't see her being the face of Monday Night Raw. Because that's essentially what the IC t- I mean, the United States Championship is. Yeah. So I don't see that happening. And it's no disrespect to her. I just think Sure, she could be this generation's China, 
mm-hmm. but she still has a few levels to go. Like when you think sure. about China, China was an icon and there was nobody else like her. Right. You could make an argument that if presented the right way in the right storyline, you could have a Mia Yim take out one of the guys. You could have a Charlotte Flair take out one of the guys. Mm. You wasn't making that argument with What's Sable that? or Sonny or Devil yeah. because right. there was right, China right, right. and then there was the Divas. So that's where I'm with that. But I, I feel you on that. And I I think because I've been, I was, I was talking to China Talk back when that was going on. But I think the, the other thing is, because it's not happening yet, so it's not really on the radar. But once Bianca gets out of the Firefly Funhouse, hopefully that's done by Rumble <laughs> or whatever that next pay-per-view is. I would love to see uh, Bianca Rhea Ripley mania match. I mean, that's they're, they're the both of them are banging. Rhea's this this track feels like it could be. I'm strong enough to be that number one contender. You put Rhea in that women's rumble this you know next Saturday and have her win it and have Bianca be on that streak. I I don't know. I I feel like that's money and it it feels like this would be the right time. And then afterwards, give. Rio, you know, I have her beat Gunther, grab the IC title, do what you want. <laughs> but, have her beat Gunther. Yes. Bill, Bill the, gonna cancel the, the show after. <laughs> I told you, you you, you done messed up. No. <laughs> now they're now they're now we're fantasy booking though. And, right, and look, right. I, I know I know we're gonna get I know we're gonna get Dominic and Ray at some point. <laughs> there's there's a small part of me that would almost rather see uh Rhea Ripley. Versus Rey Mysterio. There's just a, a small part. I, I know logically we're going towards Dominic and Rey. There's you a small th- part of me that wants Rhea Rey. Do you, th- if if they don't do Bianca Rhea and they want to, they're going to, I feel like they're going to have to do Rey Dominic. Yeah. Mania. Do you think they do some type of uh, like a mixed tag and, and have Rey? I don't know if it's, you know, Mrs. Mysterio, or if there's another woman that would be, you know, fitting for that role. But uh, I wonder if they would do something like that, but to, to blow off the the end of that storyline. I mean, maybe I, I'd still, to your point, I'd still rather see Rhea Bianca. I mean, you're I, right that that's printing money. That, that's that's going to be an like, incredible yeah. match. So, I'd, I I'm just being facetious a little bit in terms of this Rhea Ray thing, but. It's it's honestly it's 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 compelling, but obviously not as compelling as what should happen, which is Bianca, Rhea. Uh, I mean, we at some point we might need to just do an entire episode of fantasy booking Rhea yes. against all the dudes <laughs> on the With roster. But uh, before we do that, uh, you know, probably got to get a couple more episodes in, and <laughs> I think now is a perfect time to take a quick break. And we are back. It is now time to bring in our first ever guest here on Wednesday Worldwide. Uh, I'm, I'm going to put him over here and say that, in my opinion, is the best wrestling mind in the game. I say that because uh, I mean it, but also because he is the <laughs> Ringer Wrestling Show overlord. It is the masked man himself, <laughs> David Shoemaker. Dave, welcome to Wednesday Worldwide. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me. Congratulations on the new show. Thank uh, you. It's this is. I'm very very excited about it. Thank you for the time and and Dave. We'll just get right into it. As you know, uh, WWE CEO Nick Khan. He hopped on the Boss Man's Pod yesterday. Uh, yeah. The Bill Simmons podcast, and and they chatted for about an hour. Uh, really, really about everything that's 
transpired within WWE within the last two weeks. And mm-hmm. and there were a few notable quotes from the pod. But before we get into specific ones, I, I wanted to know what was what was your biggest overall takeaway from Nick during his chat with Bill? Um, That's a good question. I mean, I think that in a lot of situations where CEOs come out, you know, and make statements, a phrase you hear a lot is like business as usual, right? If there's ever anything bad going on, oh, business as usual, or like, you know, and, and I think that was a little bit of the underlying uh, commentary or purpose here. And if that was the purpose, I, I think it was, you know, successful. I, I mean, listen, mm-hmm. uh, my interactions with Nick have been incredibly limited, you know, a couple of hellos here and there. Um, but I have talked to him and, and, um, I, I've certainly interacted with people who've interacted with him much more than I've interacted with him. And the thing you always hear about sure. Nick is that he's like an incredibly, just he's an incredibly charismatic, incredibly like good person. And I think when, uh, you know, you're in a kind of an odd <laughs> corporate situation that WWE is now kind of angling for a sale, but also dealing with all this, we all these weird news stories. And I'm not talking about the, like the, you know, kind of horrific allegations against Vince McMahon, but just the the reporting of his return. Um, you know, there's a, there's, there's certainly an element of, of, uh, you know, smoothing things over that goes into doing this sort of thing. You know, there's, there's questions that need answering. I think Bill did a really good job of asking them, and Nick Khan, yeah. uh, at times, did an incredibly charming job of dodging them. Uh, but, <laughs> and I mean, I mean, honestly, it's a it's Absolutely. a compliment. But it, but I, but you know, it's 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 a. Um, I think it was really important to WWE and not not to Nick, just specifically the whole company that you know people get the impression that everything's sort of normal. And right. for what it's worth, I think he he did a pretty good job of conveying that. Well, speaking of dodging questions, uh, Nick mentioned that there have been zero interactions between Vince and WWE's creative team. Now, Dave, I want to know how much you believe that, especially with Nick sort of leaving the door open for Vince to one day come back on WWE TV. Do you think he's not talking to creative at all? Well, okay. I think that the, the notion of him coming back is one, just sort of an, I'm going to take the, that last part on its own. The, the mm-hmm. notion of coming back, number one, is an admission of reality. But also, I think there was a little bit of a wink to it. It was a little bit of like, a, hey, wouldn't that get people talking? You know, yeah. more so mm-hmm. than it is a sort of him trying to like dodge, you know, artfully dodge, like he certainly did in other places. Now, in terms of the creative side, I mean, listen, everything I've said it on my podcast, other people have said it too. Everything that I hear is that Vince is really, truly siloed off working on the sale or whatever, the the other opportunities uh, adjacent to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's fair to say that anybody that knows that, whether or not that's true, is motivated to make that to just as Nick Khan may have been motivated to make that be the truth, even if it's not. So, uh, so who knows? Who knows? I mean, I think that, I think that WWE is in a really interesting space when it comes to that creative stuff because there's a lot of good stuff going on, and there've been a lot of, you know, there've been some whiffs over the past several months too. But now, I guarantee, every time that there's a whiff, people are going to be like, "I wonder if that's Vince. That's got to be Vince." <laughs> Point the finger, be- right? Right. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, uh, there is a lot. I've talked to a lot of people who 
you know, are well-placed. Not, I'm not talking about inside WWE, outside of WWE. People who generally know things about this business in a way that everybody else doesn't. And everybody, I think, is in the same place, which is we're just following along. We're sitting, you know, we're watching just like everybody else. I mean, I could fantasy book for, you know, the rest of the day about the inner family dynamics going on over there. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. And I think that that's sort of at the root of all of it, though. Right. 100%. Dave, Bill presented his theory to Nick that Vince must have been bothered by the fact that WWE was doing well without him, especially from a creative standpoint. And that's one of the reasons why he finally decided to come back. Nick, more or less, shot down this theory. So, in your mind, scale 1 to 10, how much do you think that played a part in Vince's return? Or do you subscribe more to Nick's theory from the interview that the plan was always for Vince to return to after stepping down? Both. Can I say can I say all of the above? Vince was always <laughs> coming back. And I think that and I think that I I I certainly am guilty of of not taking that seriously enough, especially mm-hmm. not the speed at, at which it could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think part of that willful ignorance, if you will, was was me, me, and probably other people thinking, you know, dude's seventy five years old, or how old is he? And you know, at some at some point, probably. it's just like, yeah, at some mm-hmm. point, you know, retirement sticks, whether you want it to or not, right? right. I mean, and 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 um. Yeah, you know, I think that sort of discounts the absolute Terminator machine that Vince McMahon has proven himself to be over the years, you know. But in terms of so, so I definitely think he was always coming back. Um, I think that the the continued oddity of Stephanie McMahon's time, the timing of her goings and comings, do make it feel like this sort of you know, it was like that. What there wasn't a timeline that everybody had agreed on from the start. But I do think they always always knew that there was a chance. I mean, there's a likelihood that he would come back. Um, in terms of Bill's theory, uh, what motivated him to come back? Listen, I don't know, Vince. That sure does seem plausible, you know. And I don't know if that changed if that if that made him work any faster. Uh, it it certainly you know, maybe a dry, a, a, an element of it. But, you know, at the end of the day, dude wants to take his com- his company back. Um, there's probably a lot of motivators, you know, but the main one is getting the company back. And I think he'd probably try, he was probably trying to do that as quickly as possible from the get-go. So, um, from the moment he stepped down. So, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's um, uh, you know, I mean, listen, I you know, I heard those rumors when Triple H, uh, you know, had his medical condition and, and, and people were you know, the people that, you know, his, his closest confidants were getting fired left and right. You heard that kind of stuff back then. Who knows if it was true, but you would always hear Vince's, you know, Vince doesn't want to hear other, someone else getting more praise than him or something, whatever. I mean, yeah, but, but we know what, that's also a really easy lie or rumor to make up if it's not true. You know, I don't, you know, it, no one's told me that Vince has not told me that to my face. So, so what, what are you, what are you going to do? Right. Makes it definitely easy out. Um, uh, Dave, first, thank you for coming through. Really appreciate you coming through to the uh, the, the debut episode of, of, of our Wednesday afternoon shenanigans. Um, but before we let you go, uh, we're about to talk about what happened with NXT last night. We're going to preview AEW tonight. Is there one thing across both of those shows that has is really gripping your attention right now? And if so, what is it? Um, 
Well, I can't say AEW buying WWE anymore, right? I mean, that's... <laughs> you can throw it out there. Hey, if, if that, that's that'll... your prognostication, let's go. Drop um, it, drop it for the debut episode, Dave. That's your take. <laughs> uh, that, by the way, was just one of the most just incredible parts of that interview. I, mean, I don't know. I'm sure you guys talked about it, but when he, Nick Khan just acted like he didn't know who Tony Khan was, right. was he, just... he, he really, he really little man Tony Khan. It's kind of crazy. Good kid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, listen, I spent on, my, on, the, on the I think the last episode of the Masked Man Show. I spent way too long, kind of like talking myself through da- the Daniel Bryan MJF storyline in real time and projecting it out over the next well seven weeks at the beginning. But however many weeks this thing is going to go now, um, mm-hmm. I, I think that that I mean that the the more time I spend with it, the more I'm like that tension, the thing that made me want to talk about it and express uncertainty about it is this is the reason. I mean, it's just me being so compelled by it. And I just, I mean, first of all, Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson versus Bandito is yeah. uh, going to be an absolute barn burner. I mean, yeah. I cannot wait to see it. Um, is it funny? Cause Dan, this is so off, uh, off the point, but there was years ago, I was interviewing Danielson when he was with WWE. Like, this is like, or like, I think maybe prior to his championship reign, it was early Brian Danielson, but it was when he was, the yes thing had started happening. Team Hell No had already happened. And he was just very like comfortable with his place in the company when everyone's like, oh, you know, it's like these guys aren't really wrestlers. And he's just like, yeah, but I wouldn't matter as much if I weren't standing next to King or the big show Ooh. or like whoever else, you know, it's like, it's a different, everybody plays a different role. Everybody's part of the variety show. Right. I think he used the term, the, the term variety show. And it's funny because it used to be back in the old days, you would say, like, man, I, like, I, I would love to see Phil and the Blank wrestler against Andre the Giant, right? Just got to see my favorite wrestler against or against the big show or against whatever, like, the freak right. of nature was. Now Danielson basically has that, has that territory for me. Yeah. I want to see everybody against Brian Danielson. You know, that's how I'll know <laughs> how much I love them when I see them against Brian Danielson. And I think it's really cool. I mean, given that this is it, – it, this is – a subtle thing but it's what AEW can and does do really well it's an old school wrestling gimmick right it's a old school wrestling storyline you have to beat all these people before you get to get to me right we all the difference between then and now is that well we might have all known how it was going to end before but now we can all openly say i know that it's going to end up with these two guys fighting mm-hmm. so you do the little twist to make it relevant which is to make every match fucking great and right. they they I, that's got me glued to my seat. Wait, wait, glued to the go. screen. I said glued to my seat. On the edge <laughs> of my seat, glued to the screen. It's not even that early in the morning. I have no <laughs> David Shoemaker, you are a gentleman and a scholar. Thanks so much for being our first ever guest here on Wednesday Worldwide. You're, of course, welcome anytime. And uh, we hope to have you on again soon. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Congratulations again. And um, I can't wait to listen to the part of the show I wasn't on. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Dave. Thank you. All right. And before we get out of here, let's hit on last night's NXT and tonight's upcoming Dynamite. So uh, let's start with this. Let's each pick the biggest thing that stood out to us from NXT. And then we can vote on which one to talk about more in depth. So, uh, Brian... Kick things off for us. What was your biggest NXT takeaway? I uh, seeing the women main event the show. I'm always down for watching Roxanne Perez do her thing and to see her standing tall at the end of the night sits well with me. 
Yeah. Yes, sir. There you go. Cal, uh, what do you got? I, it's it's odd, but it's like it's what's going to be happening. Like there was a match with there was a tag match that's got the Carmelo Hayes Axiom, you know, singles match that I want. Um, this yeah. this situation with everybody that Mandy left uh, being number one contenders for the title. Like I'm curious about the future, not so much about this week's NXT. I'm sorry, there's just compelling storylines that I want to see paid off. Well, I mean. It's funny you say that because my biggest takeaway was, I mean, should we be concerned a little bit kind of about NXT as a whole that <laughs> New Day might be the best thing on the show right now? I mean, Talk about the, it, yeah. They're, they're main roster guys. So, I mean, they should be miles above everyone, but I probably shouldn't care about them more than most of the current NXT roster. You know, mm. outside of Carmelo Hayes, who I, I stand no, for. Right, you know, right. You know, but so there was that concern. I like that conversation, and I think because in in our previous conversations when we when we spoken offline, uh, we've talked back and forth about Brown Breaker and and you know what what is he? You know, yeah. and, and it, it it kind of feels like maybe NXT is in a situation where they need to build some more people, get some more genuine stars out of this crop of people. Because a totally. They got to go up to the main roster at some point. And B, while they're doing that, you need more enticing stuff than Carmelo Hayes and the New Day being tag champions. So, yeah, I, I hear you and totally understand. Yeah, I mean, they have, they have some stuff to figure out. So, sorry, no, Brian, You know what, though? No, no. So, I understand exactly where you're coming from. But I do think it's good. Sometimes you got to take a step back in order to take a step forward. And I know, like, you know, we mentioned the great Jay Briscoe early on the show. And you think about all the people that was in ROH with him, the Adam Coles, the Kyle O'Reilly, pretty much the Undisputed right. Era, the Kevin Owens, the Sami Zayn. They were polished wrestlers. And when they got to NXT, for many of us who followed them in ROH, it was like a dream to see these people in the WWE umbrella. With the class that's sitting there now, we have to get used to them. And I like New Day being down there. Like, we done seen New Day and the Usos enough. We done seen them wrestle the Viking Raiders, the Street Profits. Let them go down there and get this class ready, and I'm cool with it. I think, because I agree, but I'm, I think maybe the thing is just the start. We need to start seeing some, like, obvious pushes. If Braun Breaker is a great performer and people aren't really, like, hype, hype outside of him wrestling in those matches, you know, that, that kind of says something. You, it, it, he feels like he could be a dominant force and it would be great to feel like he was that moving into the main roster and not that he was, like, really starting at square one for the people who have been watching week to week. Yeah, I mean, his, his connection with the audience is really petered out, yeah. I'd say. I, I mean, at the beginning, when he, he was clear that he was going to be the focal point of NXT, people's interest in him was rising quickly and it, right. yeah, obviously it got to a point where he became nxt champion and still is nxt champion but man a lot of that momentum and a lot of that conversation around nxt again from what i see and maybe correct me if i'm wrong guys it's it's dominated by a lot of carmelo hayes yeah rightfully so and then you know the new day winning the tag titles added some much needed jolt to the show right. and it's just bizarre that the main champion isn't part of that conversation. So yeah, it, it's it, just something that Sean has to figure out over there. I think now's the time. I think they, they definitely have an opportunity to establish 
you know, both some some big stars and, and get some new people moving up. But yeah, it, it for for those of us who want to watch and, and and need something to watch on Tuesdays, be great to see or feel like there was some pushes going into these people. Yeah, right. Let's let's shift gears a little bit and shift companies. Actually, let's look at tonight's AEW Dynamite. What's the one thing that matters most to you? Rapid fire, Cal, hit me. Uh, uh, Willow Nightingale, Tony Storm. Okay. Oh, he took it. He, took <laughs> he did it again. I'm sorry. Like he did I, it I, all the time you, during the dark matches. You said we you, get you, to the main you, roster. The you, first you, night. <laughs> you said rapid fire, and there's like three or four things. And like uh, uh, opposite of NXT, there's so much stuff that I'm low-key excited for on, on, I, on Dynamite. It's actually tonight. true. Yeah. Golly. I'm sorry. Oh, that yours? That's yours too, it, Brian? Are, it, it, are you gonna... it was. <laughs> but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know why? Here's the thing. I just knew Cal was going to say Danielson Bandito. <laughs> I am hyped. Oh, Again, I, he zagged. He zagged wait, on you. Wait, mm -hmm. wait. What, I'm sorry, Ben. What's what's your choice? Oh, mine is was not either of those. It was it was the the Hangman interview that's going to take place with Renee. Uh, I, I I just like with story like storylines and feuds crossover somewhat into into real life and obviously he's talking to mox's real life wife so yeah that, yeah that's no, that, where i'm at they've been cooked and he just beat moxley like they they he, he, and yeah, he, knocked yeah. them, he like he knocked him on his ass if i if i remember correctly at the end of that match that makes i'm i'm not like i i will say this because i just watching re-watching uh the the street fight that ruby and willow had versus uh uh the tamello and uh anna jay and uh I was surprised that Willow was going to be in a street fight. I was surprised that Willow was in that type of street fight. And I don't know. I'm just, I'm a huge, huge Willow Nightingale fan. So uh, seeing yeah. her getting in, being able to get into the ring. And I mean, I, I don't know who's going to win this match, but I know I need to see Willow getting those looks with Tony Storm and 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 hopefully to get to the Jamie haters and, and then some, some more one-on-ones with Jay Cargill. It's like, you know, I develop this, give me, give her all the spotlight. Right. Well, yep. there you go. There you go. Guys, I'm sorry. that is how you do Wednesday. The, the, the first show is in the books. Uh, how are we feeling? Feeling good. You know, those, um, those dark matches really help. Even though I will say this, <laughs> that if we would have aired the dark matches, I think we would have still got five-star <laughs> ratings. We had some, some five-star dark matches in there. Facts. Five Facts. Meltzer, Meltzer would have given them some five-stars. So, Six-stars. Uh, Six stars, actually. Yeah, yep. yeah. The, the, the people will never know except the, the three of us in here and a couple friends who uh, who kind of helped out. Uh, real quick, before we wrap up the show, I, I just want to shout out to my mom uh, who passed away about two months ago. Uh, before she passed, you know, I, I was able to tell her that this show was potentially coming down the pipeline, and and she was the one who really fed my my wrestling fandom as a kid, uh, despite her raging disapproval. And uh, I, and I wouldn't be here talking to you guys about this stuff without her. So rest in peace, mom. I love you. I miss you. Uh, and 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 with that, everyone, be sure to check out our other Ringer Wrestling Show offerings as we are coming to you now every single day of the week. We've got the Masked Man Show with David Shoemaker and Kaz on Mondays and Thursdays. We've got Cheap Heat on Tuesdays and Fridays with Peter Rosenberg and Stack Guy Greg. And you'll find Wednesday Worldwide. Worldwide? Smack dab in the, in the middle on You Guessed It and You Heard It from Cal. 
Wednesdays. If you're not already, be sure to follow us, subscribe, and hit us with those five-star ratings here on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed. Cal, Brian, the first one is done. No turning back now. Everyone, we will catch you next week. Worldwide!